The scripture reading today is from Romans 7, 14 through 25. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate to do, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is the sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is a sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death. Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself, in my mind, am a slave to God's law, but in the sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. Good morning. I'm not sure if you've noticed, there's a little bit of road construction going on outside this church. I live uh, just right by Capitol High School, and so every day, for the last uh, 12, 13 years, uh, I take uh, Milwaukee, and I take a right onto Eustick, and I come to church. And I'm a creature of habit that way, that is the route that I take, and as of late, that has been blocked off and severely hampered uh, on my way to church. And uh, I find again that it's something that I'm used to doing. I'm used to taking the Milwaukee deal. And, and what I find is as I go, and I, I don't want to take it now because it's always backed up, and I know I can come over here to Maple Grove and I can get through okay. So I, I end up, again, waking up and creature of habit, and I drive on Milwaukee, and I'm like, oh, Maple Grove, Maple Grove, Maple Grove. <laughs> the other thing that I've been finding that's been going on with me as I encounter Milwaukee and you stick, is, uh, is uh, God is dealing with my attitude, and uh, oftentimes I become very impatient. Uh, usually, uh, Keena and I share on, on who takes the kids to school in the morning, and when I have to take the kids to school, uh, I'm trying to get them here on time, and you run into these people holding stop signs. And so my attitude isn't always the best, and, and my kids are like, what's wrong with Dad? And, and you know, I'm just kind of getting upset, and I'm trying to get to school. And, and, uh, and I'm, I'm going, Lord, I don't want to be this way. It's not a big deal. Help me just to be calm. It's, it's no big thing. I mean, in the scheme of life, you know, what's a little traffic delay? Then I find the next day, when I hit it again, <laughs> my attitude goes the same. 
There was, <laughs> there was this guy. You know, they have four people on each corner, uh, or one person on, on each of the four corners. And, and there's this guy, and he's kind of this big old burly guy, and, and he's one of the guys holding the stop slow sign. And, and uh, he's, he's dancing out there. He's like having a good time as he's, you know, waiting and stuff. And I'm watching him dance. After about five minutes of him dancing, I'm like, turn the sign. <laughs> I need to go. I'm not here to watch you dance, you know. And uh, just struggling to get inside. And then I go, Lord, gosh, help me to be patient, you know. They're doing their best trying to get it done. I'm sure they get yelled at often. And Why do I do the things I don't want to do? Why am I a creature of habit and I keep taking Milwaukee when Maple Grove is wide open to freedom? And that's what Paul's dealing with this morning. You know, this whole passage that Greg just read, again, you just see a man who's just he's going back and forth, back and forth. Why is it? I want to live in good. I, I, I love the Lord. I want to live for Him. And yet I, I, I am tempted and I fall into sin and, and my, my heart attitude is wrong and, and the things that I really don't want to do, I end up doing anyway. And you're just like, ah, oh, how do I live out this life in Christ? Because I long to live in the life of Jesus. And Paul writes as a man who is dealing with that struggle. A man who wants to follow the Lord Jesus Christ and yet in trying to live for himself, wrestles with that. And as we look at this passage, what I'd like you to do is I want you to have this phrase in your mind as we go through the verses. That this is a passage about the struggle of obedience, the struggle of obedience in my own strength, I think is what we're seeing in this passage. A desire to live for the Lord, but a struggle of obedience to Him because I'm trying to do it on my own, in my own power. I'm trying to be Christian, and I keep falling short of what I want to do. There is a condition of conflict that exists in this Christian life. And it will always be there. There will always be this wrestling that's going on with us. And it always happen if we continue again to, to make the Christian life happen, to, to become a better Christian, to somehow have the appearance of and, and exert enough willpower and energy that I can make this Christian life work somehow. So Paul starts out, he's right in the middle of the wrestling in his Christian life, and he's saying, the law is spiritual, but I'm carnal, I'm I'm of the flesh. The, the NIV says unspiritual, but the word is carnal. I, I am a person who is of flesh. I live in the, the, this, this broken body. I live with the appetites of sinful nature that are in me. Kind of these animal appetites. I just, uh, I want what I want. The law is spiritual. It's good. He's told us that already. The law reminds us of, of who we are in Christ. The law points us to... Uh, to see our sin. The law reminds us of the character of God. As Paul pointed out earlier, the law is good. It's spiritual. It's of a divine nature. And what he's wrestling with, he's going, yeah, the law is good. It actually, even the, the, the term spiritual comes from the, the Greek pneuma. It's, it's of the spirit. It's life if, if we're obedient to it because we want to please God. 
versus thinking that that's our source. To be obedient to law, that, that shows and that, that will be my life source. Saying it can't, it can't fix my problem of I'm carnal. I, I live in this flesh. I have this sinful appetite. This is Paul, greatest saint of all, right? Going back and forth. I hope that's somewhat encouraging for you in this Christian journey, which is we struggle with our flesh. We struggle with sin. And yet at the very end, the good news is, but thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ, his son. We have strength. We have power from the Lord that we don't have to yield to that sinful nature anymore. We do not have to give in. I don't have to be impatient every time I pull up to that stop sign. Because Christ lives in me. And I want to live for him. And through him alone. And what Paul is saying is, listen, it's good. And, and yet it doesn't fix my problem. It's kind of the, the, the scene, remember uh, in Matthew 16, Jesus is going to the cross. And Peter, who you got to love Peter because he's just so spontaneous, you know, living in, in just all of his spunk and character. And he's like, Jesus, there's no way you're going to go die on that cross. No, I won't let it happen. You remember Jesus' response back to Peter? He's like, Peter, get behind me, Satan. He says, Peter, you do not savor the things of God, but you go after the things of men. That's living in the flesh. Do you remember? That's what it looks like. It's, I'm not really thinking about the things of God. I'm not looking to the Spirit to lead my life, but I'm going, in my immediate circumstance, right here, right now, This is the way it should be. I have my agenda. I have how it's going to get done. And it doesn't involve Jesus going on the cross because he's going to be the reigning king and I want to be part of that. And I had a whole plan laid out. And the way I was going to get there, I had my steps on how to be a good follower of Christ. And then Jesus goes on, he says, if you really want to follow after me, do you remember? You must deny yourself. Take up your cross and live for me. That's living in the Spirit. It has nothing to do with me. All of my source of life is through the Spirit of God. And Paul, right in the middle of wanting to live for Christ, is going, yet at the same time I have this carnal nature. I, I, I struggle with this. I struggle with yielding to the flesh. I don't want to do that. And, and I try to go over here, and, and yet I go. You go, what's going on with Paul? I think Paul recognizes that the spiritual law cannot help him as a carnal man. And his awareness, what happens with him, he becomes aware of his carnality. It becomes evidence that he is one who is living in Christ. He's seeing who he truly is. He's seeing what's going on in the spiritual journey. Listen to Martin Luther, I thought, had a great insight onto this about where where Paul says, I'm carnal, I'm sold under sin. Martin Luther says this, he says, "When, when Paul said this, it's proof of the spiritual and wise man. He knows that he is carnal, and he's displeased with himself. Indeed, even he hates himself, and he and he praises the law of God, which he recognizes because he is 
spiritual. But the proof of a foolish carnal man, one who yields to the the fleshly appetites, the proof of a foolish carnal man is this, that he regards himself as spiritual and that he's pleased with himself. And so Martin Luther is saying, Paul has gotten to that place where as as the Lord is working in his life, he's starting to realize, wow, there's an incredible battle that rages on. I've come to realize that I have part of me that, that desires to want to wanna yield to sin. It seems like in the immediate that that would be a better route. And yet I love the law. I love the Lord. The law is good in my life. The Spirit is alive in me. And I want to live for Him. That's a good, honest wrestle, isn't it? i got to tell you something. You know, this passage brings up a lot of different thought in, in theologians and scholars all around. Many say, how, this cannot be Paul as a Christian man. He says, I'm sold to sin. He says, I'm under this. I'm yielding to it. I'm struggling with it. And he says, this, they say, this isn't a regenerate Paul. It's maybe Paul when he was, you know, before he came to Christ and some of the stuff he was struggling with. Or maybe Paul is kind of acting out what it's like to be ones who are searching for God. Like they, they hunger for that, but they're not quite there yet. They're not a, a, a born-again, alive Christian in Jesus. And it goes, the debate goes back and forth. I think, and this, I'll just tell you where I've landed for, for now, and I think probably for the rest of my life in Christ. I think this is a Christian Paul a follower of Jesus, really struggling with the reality of the flesh, of carnality. And yet realizing who he is in Christ and desiring to yield to that and realizing his identity in Jesus. But thanks be to God, there is one who can save me from this. I don't have to be controlled by this flesh. I don't have to yield to sin. But it will be a battle my whole Christian life. It will be. We struggle with that as Christians because we want the day to be like I feel good and I'm living for God and everything's happy and fine. That's not the real journey, is it? And the reason I lay on that it's Paul as a Christian man is because as we get into Romans 8, it begins with, oh, and now there's no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. I got the wrestle going on. I even yield to sin sometimes but there is no condemnation anymore for those in Jesus Christ. That's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ in our lives. And so I think it's a wonderful, honest wrestle. He says, I don't understand what I do. I put that as the title of this sermon. I don't understand what I do. I thought, you know, also for us in our, in our marriages and, and when we have conflicts sometimes, I thought this could maybe be, you know, as, as one of us maybe is struggling with the other and, and, and we get upset with each other, I thought our response back could be, but I don't understand what I do. <laughs> it's very biblical, honey. I'm like Paul here on this one. I'm not sure if that'll fly, but I thought give it a try. <laughs> honey, I don't get it. I just, boy, I wish I knew what I was doing. 
I don't understand what I do. Paul's problem isn't desire, is it? It's because he says, he says, I desire to do good. Desire has, has this beautiful meaning of uh, it's before my face every day. Before my face every day, I want to live in Christ. It is before me. That is my desire. It's not knowledge that he's struggling with. He knows what's true. He knows Christ. But what the wrestle is, is, the, is where the power comes from that helps us not to yield to that, that carnality in us, that helps us to live in the freedom of Christ, to live in victory over sin, that we are dead to sin, to live in our true identity of Jesus Christ. Because again, he, he is wrestling, I think, again with, how do I be a good Christian? The law doesn't seem to take care of it for me. I can, I can do my devotional every morning, yet I'm still struggling with sin. You say, because the law lacks power to do anything for me. It doesn't give me the power to, to live in obedience. It gives me a bunch of rules and, and kind of tells me I better keep them. But it gives me no power to actually live in Christ. And so what he starts to remember again is who he is in Christ. And look at 7, uh, 17. He said, it is no longer I myself who do it, but sin that is living in me. Again, another maybe, you know, good marriage excuse. Honey, it's not me, it's the sin. And you go, is, is, is this a cop-out from Paul? What do you mean it's not you doing it? What kind of excuse is that? I think this is this wonderful turning point, which I hope you and I will keep drawing closer to, which is, it is not I. It is not my true identity in Christ. I, in my spirit, am connected with God's spirit in the eternal, and I am a child of God, redeemed and washed and loved and pure. That is who I am in my spirit. It's not me. It's the sinful nature that sometimes I yield to, and it's not who I want to be, and it's not my identity. You know, honestly, you're not a sinner when you're in Christ. You're like me. You're those who yield to sin at times. But who you are? Child of God. Don't take that wrong. John says, you know, if you claim to be without sin, you're a liar. No, we have sin. But your identity is you're not a sinner. You're one who's learning to live in the spirit of Christ. And you're wrestling like Paul, going, ah, I want to love you, Lord, and I want to do what I know is true. And yet, for some reason, I'm, I'm waging battle right here. Give me the power to live in you. And I think for all of us, we need to remember again who we are in Christ. The law, keeping the rules, you know, your Bible study every week, your devotionals, those are good things to know who the Lord is and to learn about his life in you. They're good for us. But sometimes, again, we try to do that thinking that's what's going to give me life. That if I keep that enough, then I won't wrestle with these things. The wrestle always goes on. There will always be a battle that rages. That's life in this broken body. That's life in this broken world that still has sin. 
And until we are with Christ in his kingdom, that's going to be what's going on. Remember I told you about that wonderful book called The Rest of the Gospel, and uh, written by Dan Stone. And I, again, I highly encourage this book, and I just heard actually from the Christian bookstore, I need to let them know when I recommend books, because I guess some of you have gone to get it. And, and uh, So for those of you who work there, sorry I didn't let you know again, but I want you to get this book, so go bug them again. But by Dan Stone, The Rest of the Gospel, and seriously, I just haven't read a, a better book about who we are in Christ, and really in a, in a way that's not real heady, it's not a big uh, scholarly book, but the man's a, a, you know, a scholar. He writes in a way that we can understand. And when he, what he does is he, um, he gives us some insight into, into who we are in Christ. He uses the image of a swing. I wanted to put that image up for you. And before we get into the image, I want to read this passage out of Hebrews 4. Starting in verse 9, it says, There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, that effort, to make sure it happens. Just as God did from his. So let us therefore make every effort to enter into that rest so that no one will fall by following the example of the Israelites and their disobedience. Again, going out and getting extra manna, not thinking God's going to take care of them. Getting a double dose and it rotted away. God's like, will you enter into my rest, my life for you? In verse 12 it says this of Hebrews 4, For God's word is living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. And what it does is it penetrates dividing soul and spirit, and that's one thing we're going to look at here. Joints and marrow, the body. And it judges thoughts and attitudes or, or intentions of the heart. And what, what Dan uh, Stone offers is that we continue to, to wrestle with this flesh. We'll continue to go back. We'll, we'll wrestle with our identity in Christ uh, when we don't start to recognize again who we are in Him, we will we will we will struggle. And what he found with most people he came into conversation with is this battle keeps going on, and it, it gets really hard for a follower of Christ because part of what we don't understand, and it's still a it's still again a hard concept, but the Spirit I think ministers this to us. He says what people don't see or don't understand often is the difference between soul and spirit. And so they live with the struggle because they don't understand the separation of those. The soul, all of our emotions, our thoughts, our feelings, our, our senses, in this, you know, our five senses in this body, the soul compromises the soul that, that is this body makeup. And our spirit, our true being, which is eternal, which is connected with Christ, in the eternal, that we are in union with God, 1 Corinthians 6 says, don't you know you're a temple, and when you are with him, you are united with him in spirit. There's a separation. And what happens in life is the soul often speaks much louder than the spirit does. 
the soul in all of its motions and feelings and, and wants and desires and cravings speaks volumes to us and often we're drawn to, to those thoughts and those feelings of the soul. And so he uses this image of a swing. And he says, what happens is, the, the swing, as you see the ropes, that's connected above the line, the eternal. That's where we are connected in our spirit to God. That is who we truly are. That's our anchor. That's our support. It is fixed. It is stable. Our union with Christ is unchanging. And that our soul, our body is this swing. And it goes back and forth, back and forth. And as you can see there, it kind of has the idea of good and bad. And it swings back and forth, back and forth. And we struggle with that. Because again, our emotions, our feelings go, oh, this is where I want to go. And you start going, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're showing up for church and, and you're like, wow, all of a sudden this bad thought just came into my mind. You're like, where did that come from? The swing's doing this. And we, we, we go, oh, I, I can't, I'm a follower of Christ, I can't be thinking that way. And so we just kick ourselves and we beat ourselves and we, we're just like, oh, I never win and what's the purpose? And ah, uh. Because we forget who we're anchored to. We forget where the life source comes from. And we swing back and forth. Good and bad, good and bad. And because we, we struggle with the bad thoughts, here's what we try to do. Let me show the next image. Look what we try to do. All of us try to do this. We say, I don't, I don't want to have those bad thoughts. I hate it when my, my draw to that carnality, that flesh, and I, I just don't, I don't want to go there. And so we try to nail ourselves to the good. This is where I should be. This is what God wants of me. And I should stay here nailed to the good. To, to, to doing good works for people. And, and again, to having my daily devotionals. And, and to, to, to be nicer to my wife. And this is what I should be doing. And there's truth to that, okay? There is truth to that. And it's, there's good things that come from those. But when we say this is where my life is, and this is where I get life from, and this is how I should live this Christian life out. That's where we deceive ourselves. And you know what eventually happens, right? The nail falls out and the swing goes again. And we will wrestle with this in our faith if we don't understand that we are tied in to Christ in our spirit in the eternal. That is who we are in Christ Jesus. And here's the other truth. Guess who set that swing in motion? That's our loving God. The swing is meant to swing. It's not meant to be nailed up to the good. It's meant to swing. And do you understand that the soul, the soul fluctuates, but where we deal with issues of faith is as the swing is swinging. Oh, over here on what seems to be not what God wants for me, I'm struggling with issues of faith and I've got to hold on to my Lord because he says, this will not bring you life. And so we get humbly on our knees and we say, Lord, help me in this. 
and then we swing. Our Christian journey is that of Paul. I don't want to do these things. And, and I need to remember who I am in Christ. And yet I deal with this body of sin that's just kind of, ugh, it's right there. Struggle with it. We are followers of Jesus Christ who have been placed into Jesus Christ, Romans 6 says. We are going to rise again with him. We have the power of Christ within us. And what happens is, again, we confuse these thoughts and these feelings that we have with our real self, our real identity. We think, that's who I am. I'm just like, I'm a loser. I keep choking on this. And I, ugh. It's not who you are in Christ. If we could truly grasp that love of God, that grace, he set the swing. We have to deal, when we're swinging over here with these thoughts that just seem ugly, you go, Lord, I don't want to be like that. Help me to live in you. Help me to remember that the only power I have comes from you. It's not by I do these 12 steps and I'll get over that. It's my life source is you, and I am placed in you. I am the vine, you are the branches. Remain in me, and I in you. That is where you have life. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You can have nothing of spiritual nature apart from me. That's who you are in Christ Jesus. So honestly, part of living life for him is that we stop kicking ourselves, going, ah, I just never get there. And we stop kicking others who are struggling because maybe they're yielding to sin. And we remind each other of who we are in Christ. Cleansed, washed, pure, loved, cherished. That one has died for all. That's who we are in Jesus. The swing goes back and forth. Again, the soul is unfixed. And we try to stop it, but let's let it swing. And let's hold on to our life source as we come into these areas where we go, that's not what I want to do. Because I love the law, I love the Lord. So Father, help me to live for you today, because I want to. Because I love you. And I know that you are the source of my life. Our faith operates in the fluctuations of the soul. And Paul, as he's wrestling with this, he says, you know, I, I, I sit here, I find this, this work in me. I want to do what is good. And yet when I turn around, evil is right there with me. There's this body of sin right there with me. I found, we get these catalogs. I don't know if you get these random catalogs, but I found this, this one, the front page of this catalog. Show, show this, this shirt that's for sale for 24 bucks. It says, I feel a sin coming on. And I don't know, again, how we got this catalog, uh, but it showed up at our house. (laughs) But I thought, you know, the shirt is somewhat appropriate in our Christian journey, that we kind of wear this shirt, you know? And, And the truth is that, yeah, in my Christian life, sometimes I feel sin coming on. And that's where I go, I need my life source, which says, you know what? That is not life. That is not life. 
But what's true of life is this raging battle. Yeah, I wear the shirt. I don't have to live it out. Because I'm no longer enslaved to sin. I am a slave of the Lord. And I am no longer controlled by sin. I do not have to yield to it. Without Christ, I had to yield to it. I couldn't go another way. In Christ, in the power of the resurrection, I don't yield anymore. And Paul, as he's going back and forth and he's realizing, thanks for the picture, he's realizing his identity in Christ. He cries out, oh, what a wretched man am I. And you know what that word picture is? Wretched. It's, it's, it's I am exhausted from my labor to live this out. That's the idea behind that statement. I'm wretched. I'm I just warned from trying to live this out in my own strength. And finally he turns. Isn't this beautiful? Finally he turns and he goes, who can save me from such a thing? But thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. He's the one who saves me from such a thing. He's the one that I'm connected to in my eternal spirit that gives me life, that he is my vine, that he is my rock, that he is truth, and I can't yield to him. That we all get to a place, truly, as we look at ourselves and smack in the mirror and we go, man, I've been trying to do it. I've been trying to have people see how good I am. And I keep falling keep trying to hide that. Remember Matthew 5? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Do you know what that means? Blessed are they who are absolutely beggarly in spirit. They realize their absolute dependence and need for God. That there's nothing within themselves that can sustain them in the life of Christ, but Christ himself. And do you remember the outcome of blessed are the poor in spirit? For theirs is the kingdom of God. All of the resources of our Lord and Savior come into our life to help us to have life in him. It is not of ourselves. So thanks be to God through his son Jesus that I live in him. That's our identity in Jesus Christ. The wrestling goes on. The swing is in motion. But we are tied into our Lord. I pray that we can live that out in Him. We're going to celebrate communion this morning, and and I love that we're going to do it today as we think about who we are in Christ. It's His life in us because He paid the price for us. And he gives us life and washes us and cleanses us through his sacrifice for our sin. But thanks be to God for that payment for us. Let's celebrate communion, gentlemen. It's living out of Christ's life through us. Not in our own own strength. Not being obedient out of, hopefully I can muster it up. And I hope the Spirit will keep ministering that to you. New covenant. 
Christ through me. Christ through me. Strength and the power of the Lord through me so that I don't yield to sin. I yield to the life of Christ. That's my sustaining power.